Welcome to the first ever episode of The Elastic Brand. I'm Liz Elcote. My guest this week is the wildly talented Mike Kuss, an incredibly well-known and successful designer who manages to excel in all of his fields, including brand and web design, illustration and photography. Mike boasts a worldwide client list and every project he works on is beautiful and unique and shot through with intelligent and thoughtful design. In this episode, we'll take a deep dive into Mike's processes. We'll look at branding as a whole and what inspires him. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. On with the show. Hi, Mike, and welcome to the Elastic Brand Podcast. Thanks so much for being my guest on this inaugural episode. So, um, welcome. No problem. Thanks for having me. I've been aware of your work probably since I first got into web design way too long ago. I wouldn't even want to put a number on that. It's embarrassing. Um, and I think I first heard you speak at Future of Web Design in 2009. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to this podcast will know who you are. But it'd be great if you could kind of give us a little intro into what you do and who you are. So my name is Mike Coos. Um I'm a designer and photographer. My design work is um, based primarily in branding and web design. And my photography is sort of grown out of my hobby of posting on Instagram. I sort of run a small little design business, which is pretty much just me. But I sort of draft in people to work with me, other designers or developers as required on, you know, basically put them together per project. The projects I generally take on... um, normally a cross between branding and web design you know as they're the two things i've focused on over the last five ten years and i guess the kind of clients that come to me are also clients that are looking for something i guess you know they're you know they're looking for something maybe slightly off the beaten track um not something individual something creative yeah you know bring a lot of sort of my illustrative work to the web design i do and really i'm sort of combining all these things to try and create recognizable brands and web sites that you know really engage the users that come across them and your work is it's very artistic isn't it it's very much kind of telling a story i think about Mm. the brand do you um work specifically want to work on the branding and the web design to make sure that that feeds through to all parts of a new project or do you tend to just do you know where what's your work mainly made up of is it mainly made up of both or is it more branding or is it more web design it's not normally um both because um the branding projects i take on generally you know there's a lot to it you know like a big branding mm. project and yeah the web design and the website is normally part of that yeah it's rare that i just do a website on its own but having said that i have just done a website on its own but because the but i mean it was not really actually i did i did a website i did a website that already had a logo mark and that is rare in itself normally i do yeah. the logo mark as well but we're talking just before we started recording here about what branding is but and i guess what i did in this website um it's for a sound studio based in hollywood which i'll be publishing in the next week or so actually mm. which is cool but it, i guess in it involved it's a marketing site for this sound studio and it's um whilst i say i didn't brand it i have essentially have created a visual identity for it really the mark already exists it's a simple clean mark which they didn't 
want to change and I, it looks it looks good to me so I'm, I'm happy with that but what I have created around it is really I've designed a sort of a marketing site with the content um, about what they do but I've also sort of wrapped it up in a story which is so it's heavily mm. illustrated the content is um, in a way it's like a story in itself the whole website so um, it's sort of like what they do why they do it their approach and it's and I've, you know, I've created a whole series of illustrations to sort of help tell that story to their potential customers. How did you find taking on, you know, somebody else's kind of logo, Mark? And was that an easy process for you? Well, in this case, it wasn't a problem because, um, like I said, for a start, the logo mark was, was just it was simple and it was just a simple yeah. and clean word mark, which was so it was very very understated. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's just it's nice. It's you know, it's nothing. It's nothing wrong with it as a mark. And yeah. but that was already you know, it wasn't like he um, had built up a big brand. Yeah. Sort of visual, you know. So in a way, there was still space for me to insert this visual yeah. um, element to their brand because it wasn't something they've spent a lot of time on up to that point. So really. You know, this is the thing, what we're saying, what is branding and, you know, branding yeah. is a lot of things and the mark is just one part of that. And, um, yeah. you know, it's really just, the mark is really just something to, you know, recognize that company by, but the brand is lots and lots of other things that back that up. And, you know, so in this case, it wasn't a problem because I wasn't fighting with any other visuals. Yeah. All I had was the mark. But in general, I wouldn't really take on, I, mean, I don't think I can remember, only when it's like that, only on an occasion where there really isn't mm. a, sort of a visual side to the branding that exists that do I ever take on a project that I'm, I just take the mark with it normally I would do the whole thing if a client wanted me to design a website based upon a load of branding a branding document mm. they already have and a style they already have it's probably not a project for me to do yeah no I completely agree with you so this podcast is basically about digital brand design um Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, is this a term you're kind of familiar with or, uh, and, and if you are, how do you interpret that? First thought on that is, no, I don't really think about it as digital brand design. Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. No, I think of it as a brand in general and digital is a part of that. Yeah. And, and you've got offline stuff that's a part of it. But in the past, I think I felt a bit more, you know, in the earlier days of the web, I felt it was a bit more like digital branding because I felt like, you know, but going back to 2008, there's a lot of people that had good brands, a strong visual identity, which they sort of, and they left it at the door when they went onto the web. And I really, I sort of found a niche for myself in bringing, I guess, brands to life on the web. But I feel like since, you know, since that, and, and that was good for me, and I sort of made my name for myself in, in that, you know, their small sphere and within the big industry, um, doing that sort of thing. Whereas now I feel that a lot of, um, People have cottoned on to the fact that you've got, you know, you have the, the web is an ex, just is an extension. It's just another part of what you do. The work you get these days on the web is much stronger from a visual point of view. Um, so now, so nowadays, I just see, you know, really branding is branding, and web digital branding is just being part of that process. Part of, you know, it's just one of the things that when you do a branding project it's one of the things you will do you will look at how the brand works online and yes it definitely you have to think about it in you know in different ways because the web is a different kind of medium to working in print work or magazines or 
So under the same umbrella, it's like, you know, it's got its own challenges, if you like. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I tend to use the term when I'm specifically describing designing a brand for the digital world mm-hmm. and also as a way to maybe encourage clients or whomever to understand that website is also a huge part of your brand, if not maybe the most important part of your brand, if specifically if you're a digital company. Um, or you do your kind of trading or whatever online, mm. um, and that just doesn't in, that doesn't just include like the look of your site. It includes like the UI, the UX, the tone of voice, your social media channels, how you handle those channels. Mm-hmm. I think of it as developing what we know as traditional brand design and bringing that over to the digital worlds so that your brand is felt throughout. Sort of bringing brand design and digital design under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. This is something you do incredibly well with the designs. They are obviously stunning, but also thought through and intelligent. How do you begin that process of designing a brand for digital? Well, firstly, let me go back to what you were saying a second ago um, regarding the digital brand, um, which is, is this is all relevant. But I agree with you completely. Like, you know, that, but I still sort of see branding as an overall thing and digital yeah. being part of that. And I can see why you could specialise in, in the digital side, because like you say, everything on your website in terms of talking about visual stuff here because to me you know the brand is everything Mm -hmm. first and foremost it's what any company does it's about what they do and who their customers are it goes and it's how they behave yeah i mean how their company works it's everything it's how they talk to their potential customers and then going you know and and the customer service everything about them is like you say and i think it communicates anything to their potential customers is part of who you are, which is part of your brand. But moving on from that into the visual side of it and how you communicate these things, how you convey certain messages, how you convey certain feelings about your brand, like you say, that isn't everything. And when it gets to the web, it is beyond the, you know, it starts off with the, you know, you see the logo mark, you see the, um, the sort of main top level messaging, top level imagery, and then it filters down to the typefaces you use, um, the graphic design that you're using, the kind of illustration you're using. And so, yes, every, you know, um, I'm in 100% agreement that every aspect of a website is contributing to the visual side of your brand. Yeah, and I think like the functionality even, like I think that a site should make you, and I think probably heard a talk that Aral Balkan did years ago where he was talking about things should make you feel like a superhero every single time that you use something and that has always Mm. stuck with me I think websites should make you feel like that I think that's part of your brand isn't it the functionality behind it well of course yeah you know when you use a website and it's just you know when you're signing up for something or you're doing some especially when you're doing sort of you know you're taking action on a website and the experience is super easy and it's just like, and it just, not only is it great because it's super easy, but it makes you realize how thoughtful the people behind it have been yeah. to make your user experience so good. And so again, that's another thing. It's something they have done that makes you think about them in a different way, which is, you know, obviously very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of going to back to your question now and, you know, how it all starts for me, you know, um, I guess it starts with a, uh, you know, conversation, and really, we I I've done a talk on this. Um, you know, if you, you know, I've done it over, over quite a few conferences yeah. about 
how I go through this process. And really the first thing to, you know, I would, in sort of a very simplistic way, I'll give you a quick rundown. Really, I sort of, first of all, I speak with the client and, you know, I, basically I extract everything I can out of them in terms of, you know, what they do, um, who they're doing it for, um, what problem they're solving for their customers. And just, and, you know, they're sort of, what they see their mission as being. And, you know, and through this, you know, if we had a big conversation and through this, I'm making notes, I'm gathering imagery, um, and just learning about who they are and what they do and what purpose they serve and what their customers expect from them. Expect from them. And, you know, as I gather more and more information for this process, I'm sort of also filtering it down into um, smaller, um, chunks of information. I'm trying to sort of distill it down to, you know, ultimately a sentence or a strap line. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't act, it doesn't have to be the strap line, but really I'm trying to sort of, um, you know, work out in the simplest form what it is they're doing and who they're helping and why they're yeah. helping them. And um, and then from that, it will. I, my next stage is normally trying to work with the client to. You know, we talk. We, you know, before we even got into the visual side of things, we're really talking about the messaging at this point, and um, and what it is that we're trying to. You know, we work out ways of what it is we're trying to convey in the simplest possible form, and so I'll be sort of compile. I always write loads and loads of different little strap lines or yeah, top level messaging in di different ways, slightly longer sentences, shorter sentences, and you know, to really get a. And normally within those words, you know, at the same time, there's visuals start to, you know, ways of telling that story become apparent because, um, you know, you, I start to have ideas about how I could sort of visually tell the story or convey the information. And and that, that is, that's the sort of next stage. Once we sort of got down to these basics in terms of, the, the top level messaging it's then trying to create a in my for my the kind of clients i work with at least it's trying to sort of start to create some sort of visual story that backs up the messaging yeah and so at this at this point this could be through illustration photography you know and um and yeah, as we said earlier it'll get distilled right down through the graphic design and typography the ui but at this point we're still sort of quite top level dealing with imagery and and messaging yeah and you know and, and i sort of tend to sort of like at this point be working on a whole bunch of stuff and i start actually putting pen to paper i start sketching stuff i start making inroads into the logo mark because these are the all this sort of information is sort of feeds the way you treat the logo mark as well yeah and um I sort of tend to work in conjunction, and I actually do think. I mean, I could be. I guess it's maybe I'm biased towards working on the web, but I do find the websites a good thing to work on, in terms of just branding. Because a, it's a you know for a lot of the clients I tend to work with, it is their main focus. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's a great place to experiment with typography, imagery, spacing, graphic design. You know, you yeah. and you can get a really good feel. I often sort of work up you know the web page and then go back to other parts you know because it's within 
something like a something that's got a real chunky bit of content like the web because in a way it's everything you're going to have the yeah. logo mark and the web your illustration the graphic design the typography it contains everything your brand is going to be do you tend to work alongside say the logo mark at the same time as your digital you know so the sorry so like at the same time as say your imagery or if you're doing illustrations or photography mm. does that all come together at, at the same time do they inform each mm. other well, I've been working on a project for a travel company at the moment, and, um, and it's interesting because I did a very, I did actually sort of stage this one out. I worked on the logo mark along with visual material, and I did a very quite an extensive brand document, you know, like exploring yeah. all different visual aspects using the logo mark in you know you're getting a logo mark and experimenting that within you know printed literature yeah. digital and i wasn't actually designing the digital aspect at this point i was just sort of mocking stuff up roughly you know yeah. just to get a feel and um and we did, I did an extensive brand document on that and you know it went really well and they, they liked it a lot and but the next stage was the website and I didn't actually start on the website. I didn't work in conjunction. Then I went onto the website, and I actually ended up discovering a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 it's and that is why and it's been cool because the website is, you know, in my mind, is you know really successful, and hopefully be working yeah. well. But funnily enough, I have found stuff now that makes me want to revisit the brand document. Yeah. Because, and so because it's again, like I said, the web is a. It's a because it, it encompasses every aspect of your brand visually, you know, things happen when you're designing that. And it informs, you know, designing the web page itself, you know, can then have a sort of a feed-in effect back into the brand work I did. You know, I haven't changed anything about the logo mark or anything like that, but I have discovered some new things in terms, new feel in, some in colour and graphics. So which I feel like I need to now feed back in, potentially feed back into the branding document. I completely, I completely have had the same experience. Often when I'm kind of, if I'm doing like a brand document, and like you say, mocking things up, it's then that I start going, actually that, no, that doesn't quite work. So I think, I think that's really interesting that you say that. It's impossible to just do a logo mark present and go, there you go, that's going to work on everything. It's, you know, it's, it's great. Exactly, it, yeah. it has to be in conjunction with those other things to work properly, I think. I also think, to be honest, brand documents, I mean, I mean, maybe it's different when you're working for, you know, a gigantic company who you've got multiple, you know, hundreds and hundreds yeah. of different stakeholders in a, you know, all over the world working different aspects of the company and they you know they do need to lock down certain rules and regulations within our brand obviously but i find it, i you know i you know i tend to work for you know slightly smaller companies than that that normally comes i work they're still you know the, for example the founder is normally very strongly involved so yeah it's that it's at that level where you're um you know, to me, there's, there's all. You, you, I know you have a slight bit of luxury of the fact that you can sort of evolve things because you're sort of working on it firsthand. You can, you can, you don't have. I think it's very hard to lock down something and stage one. Like you can't yeah, lock down definitely. a brand document. You know, one week and then say, okay, we're never going to deviate from these rules ever. I mean, it's sort of in my mind, the sort of projects I work on, it sort of it, evol- it can evolve. You know, so yeah. you can do a brand document. It's a guide. In my mind, it's a guide. 
you know, so and, and, and so for example, the things I don't tend to put in brand documents, I don't do sort of like little pictures of the logo with spacing above and below it, things like that. <laughs> it Be- means because, nothing, does it? That that yeah, means nothing to it, anyone, I always think. Well, and also the truth is, is you're going to be, yeah, it is true, you want to have spacing above them. Yeah. Right? But you can't hand a brand document off to a layperson who doesn't do design and hope that it's going to come out good by following the brand document instructions. Exactly. You still need to give it to another designer to work from at least. And they will know all that stuff anyway, you know. Um, exactly, yeah. And so my, the stuff I put in a brand document is much more, um, really it's just, I just sort of experiment and trying to create inspirational stuff to show how the brand can work in all sorts of different ways. And to me, it's at least in these early stages in companies that maybe have only got 10, 20, 30 people in them, you've got a luxury that you can sort of work on it on it on an ongoing basis and they can come back to you directly and take you know get advice from you on how to move something forward and that's something yeah. that I do quite a lot and uh do you, you know, um something that I've kind of become aware of recently is um sort of responsive logo marks and um you know for different screen sizes and simplifying mm. that logo mark now a good a logo mark is simple but sometimes mm. they're not always simple and it's not appropriate for the company. Um, mm. So do you, and I, I kind of do do this with my clients. I'll sort of create, if it's if it's more of a, a kind of illustrative um, logo, when it, I know that they're going to use it on, say, Instagram and, the, you know, the profile picture or whatever, I'll maybe do a simplified version of it. Is that something that you offer in your brand guidelines? Um, is that something that you've kind of... Because I, I remember seeing um, a brilliant site, and I can't remember the guy, but I'll put it in, in the show notes. Um, and he'd taken some really, really, really popular brands like Disney and Coke and stuff, and he'd done, like, the full version and then, you know, a kind of tablet-sized version, say, and then a small version for, like, use on mobile or whatever. Um, is that something that you do, or is it more that you haven't really felt the need to do that with the kind of brands that you've been designing? If you're doing a branding project and you actually, obviously, you're creating, for example, uh, avatars to go in all your social yeah. media, or like you say, a smaller icon for the, you know, it's it's, it's a practical thing. It's something that, um, for example, if you're working for a company that, you know, you know, it depends how you've done the logo. For example, if you've got a word mark and a mark, you'd probably just use the mark and the mobile. Exactly, yeah. You'd probably just use the mark and the, um, the Twitter um, avatar. And, um, and so that, that if you've got if you've got a word mark and a normal mark, you're probably going to be okay because you're going to be able to use the mark and mobile and you know and the word mark on the web or whatever. Yeah. And you have you can you, and it's quite handy because you can use them appropriately as you go on. So if a company has only got, I mean, I've just not come across one of my, any of my clients who companies that have just got a long word mark and not a visual mark. Yeah. But weirdly, actually, I haven't said that and I haven't got to this point yet with this company but the company I'm doing the sound studio company in Hollywood they've got a relatively long word mark and on mobile I've just made it it's still full still shows them full but it's just not it's not as big obviously but um but yeah in terms of what I'll do for their um social media icons that's something I'll have to think about yeah I think there's a lot of nice logo marks out there being designed but maybe with kind of no thought for them being used at a tiny size as an avatar or, or, or a favicon um so they lose a lot of their impact and 
you know, can just become almost like a smudge. Um, but I, I wonder if this is more prevalent in kind of more traditional uh, sort of branding projects. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely it's something to consider from the outset, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, and, and you'll probably be, you'll be, that will pull you in a direction to, because you know what a company do. So you'll know if they're like heavily, heavily embedded in social media or on the web, you're, you know, it's going to be obvious from the outset that you need to create something that's going to work all sizes. Yeah. So something I've been thinking about recently is whether the equivalent of a mobile first approach to brand design could work. Um, I guess like a digital first approach where you're designing the digital aspects of a brand first Mm. um, and letting that inform uh, maybe the offline elements of your design. Uh, So maybe like designing your logo mark with all of its digital uses in mind and and starting off with it at its smallest resolution and working the design up from there. Is that an approach you've considered or is this just something you do anyway? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would always keep a logo mark as simple as possible anyway. And because I've been working in the web for so long, I, I've always been very aware about something, you know, logos working on the web. And it's weird because actually in the past, it was even more, uh, even though it was even before sponsored design um it was just as bad because because screen resolution was much wasn't what it is now and so actually by making by not having a logo that worked at a small size they very quickly became a pixely you know because yeah before yeah, yeah. retina screens you you know like you know it was like you, you couldn't have you'd have to be quite careful about how you did your favicon for example because Whereas yeah, now yeah. you can do quite complex looking favicons and they look good. Yeah. You know, because you've got such a high yeah. resolution screen. So there are sort of benefits to the, you know, whilst we've got smaller devices, we're looking at things on, we've got much higher resolution, which helps. It's given us a bit of a license to still do things that aren't, you know, you can still do relatively complex things, really, at a small size because of the high resolution of the screen. And that's only going to get better, I guess, isn't exactly, it? It's yeah. only going to get easier. Yeah. So how do we so when we're designing these kind of simple logo marks and and I think I think one thing that you do as I've said before is you kind of you know create these artistic sites and you they're exciting and they have the brand the, the you know the brand feeds into every aspect of that and but there's a vast swathe of the digital world that has become formulaic and mm-hmm. boring and I think that really feeds into brand design as well um I've, I've seen a few redesigns recently of, of maybe like a fashion house or two and they've gone from a logo that very much maybe was designed you know 50 60 years ago um that that was very much them to a very very boring sun serif kind of logo mm. um just playing it safe I think and kind of not really injecting personality into it and I do mm. I do find that some of my clients very much like I just want to keep it simple um, mm. and and that's fine but I think it doesn't always address what their clients or their you know their particular mm. customers need or want how do we stop how do we keep that creativity and how do we stop mm. it becoming 
everything looking exactly the same. Yeah, it is a weird thing, this. I mean, I think what's mad about the web is that you're right. And I think there's a couple of aspects to consider in terms of the web looking the same. I feel like there's one part of me that's um, okay with some of the web looking the same. For example, in terms of things that are, in terms of formats of pages, yeah. um, I don't think that's a big deal. You know, magazines are formatted in the same yeah. way. But, you know, exactly. it's like, and it stands to reason that the web is going to find its way to a general format. Yeah. yeah and it will, still, it will still evolve over time. But, you know, that's, you know, the, the layout, for example, like the classic layouts you get of websites, you know, in recent years, you've had the hero image, some icons. Yeah. And stuff. You can do all that stuff. And it doesn't really bother me. What, you know, in terms of like, that, that it's how you do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's what... You know, it's what imagery you're using, what icons you're using, what typefaces you. I mean, the combination of those things can make a massive difference. You know, huge difference. So it's not. It really is about the sort of. But the layout does to me doesn't make a massive difference. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and it has to be then, usable for people, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly, user. and that's why it's okay that stuff. You know, layout yeah. and formatting. So it, it doesn't matter. That that's become more standardised. In terms of stuff like. Um, Squarespace looking kind of sites. Hmm. The thing about Squarespace, I think, you know, and in a way, it's sort of off the back of Apple as well because they're a bit like, you know, the, yeah, you know, that sort of super clean white black text, which is massively yeah. fashionable and has been for quite a bit now. Um, that what well, I think what was mad about the Square because you know, Squarespace, you know, credit to them, they've done their own stuff. You know, they've set, you know, even though they supply templated websites essentially. They've actually set trends themselves. Yeah. You know I mean, so people actually want to look like a Squarespace site. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, a, it's a look. It's a it's a look that people want. I think, but in my mind, it's not something that I do personally. Although there are aspects of the graphic design that you know you can't help but like on those things. Yeah. Those sites. Um, I guess you know. Well, I've I've always done the thing that I've done, and you know, like you said, you know, even though I'm a designer, I sort of come from an art background, mm. and you know, I did my degree in art, fine art. And, um, so, and it's just always illustration, graphic design, art's always come into my work yeah. and that's what I do and that's what I get hired for. And always, you know, so, you know, you make your own path and you basically mm. decide, and what I did, you know, when I didn't have the work in my portfolio that I wanted to, I just made that work, you know. So, so you create the work that you want to do and that's what people will hire you for, you know. So interesting because I, I had people recently friends colleagues who have spoken to me and said I just don't want to work with these kinds of clients anymore but I can't get away from it because they're my bread and butter but they're you know don't pay very much or whatever and I'm like Mm. well if you have regular clients in that's great because you're getting paid but you need to take that time out to you know at the end of the day or when you Mm. have spare time to really start creating Mm. your thing and you that's what you will become you know known for exactly Um, it's but that takes extra work doesn't it it does yeah you know, you know, you, yeah you know, i do exactly that i was you know I, back in 2007 you know when i got into the web i you know i got a portfolio i deleted all the you know i had a portfolio it was my first portfolio online but i just made sure that it was full of everything that i wanted to do and although i did work for people that you know, I was happy with the work I did for them. It just wasn't the sort of thing I wanted to, yeah. to do ongoing. So I never included it in my portfolio. And um, 
you know, we're still happy to do projects like that. Like you say, it gives you having that work can give you the time to do your own thing. And you, you need to sort of build up on the side. And, you know, I guess you're creating here, you're talking about creating your own identity and your own identity is your work if you're a designer, you know. Creating your own identity is the hardest thing though, isn't it? As mm. a designer, I think, like personal branding. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but uh, the thing is, I mean, that's what, like I just said there, I mean, in my mind, your personal branding is your portfolio. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially it's the work you do. I mean, you know, it's basically everything you make is who you are in terms yeah. of design. You know, you're, yeah, I mean, and yeah, for yourself, you've got a portfolio, you're doing a podcast. These are the things people will know you for. So, yeah, you know, it's ever, it's, it is everything, but I don't, you know, you're per- in my mind, sort of personal branding is just, yeah, it's just what you do and the work that yeah. you make and things you say on Twitter or the blog, blog posts you write. That is, you're on, you know, your persona that comes across to other people is just everything they see of you. Yeah. I think one thing that I really admire about you particularly is that you've managed to master, you know, your, your, you've got lots of followers on Twitter and, but you've also, really mastered Instagram and I think you've used it so well because you use that for your photography don't you mm-hmm. um, and I think obviously that's a medium that lends itself brilliantly to photography so I just really admire the way that you've kind of grown that side of your personal brand on the appropriate on that platform that's appropriate for that and then you obviously have your web stuff on your site and you've got dribble and stuff so I think that's I think that's a brilliant way to do it because I think it's quite hard sometimes for designers Particularly, I think you can be, you know, have quite a few followers on Twitter and you can have your own personal website. But I think sometimes there's a lot of brand designers who do one well, but can't manage to do Instagram and, you know, Twitter well or whatever. Well, so you've done I, that well. No, well, I think I mean, that's just to be, to be honest with you, it's sort of just by chance because I don't have an agenda with anything. You know, it's just like I do Instagram because yeah. I like taking photographs. Yeah, and that's, that's perfect. So place I've done for that. Those. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> it is. It just happens to be, and it just happened to like doing that. And I've done it a lot, and I've, you know, I've done it since the day it came out in 2010. And you know, it's just something I like to do, and it's built up, and that you know, you know, and you know, I have put the time into that, but it doesn't feel like I have because I've been doing it as a hobby, so it doesn't feel like an agenda. You know, not like. I've got to go out and take photographs. It's just something that I do for fun. You know? But that is, but you have definitely stuck to your personal brand with that because yeah. you, your photos are, you know, brilliant, beautiful photos. You don't put pictures of you eating your toast on there, do you? Mm. Or like, you know, stories yeah. about like just watching Netflix or anything. Yeah. You know, it's curated photographs, isn't it? So yeah. in a way, it is kind of a well, no, I don't. I'm not, it is an extension of who I am, <laughs> and brand. But what I'm trying to say is, that, is that it's like it's just me. Yeah, it's, I mean, just, it's like it's, yeah. just, it's just like like I said a minute ago. It's just like my to me, my personal brand is someone who designs um, normally, you know, designs websites and branding. Yeah. Normally contains some kind of illustration. Who's a photographer who posts on Instagram, and I agree one hundred percent. They're all part of my personal on you know my personal brand. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that they're not you know my personal I don't design that it's just something yeah. it is <laughs> do you know what I mean it's just it's just who I am yeah. and and you know yeah it's just it's, it's just... genuine authenticity yeah and you're doing you're doing your podcast because you want to do yeah. that you know what I mean? yeah because I love chatting about brands exactly yeah so you're doing it you know if this go, carries on you know in, in a year's time you've got a whole back catalogue of you know that'll be part of your brand but you yeah know, it, but you're doing it because you want to want to do it yeah just, yeah I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so kind of going back to 
brand design, digital brand design, whatever you want to call it. Um, do you do we have we kind of concluded that actually, as a brand designer, it we really need to be taking on the whole brand as opposed to just because as I said, I get a lot of clients who come to me and say, I want, can you design a brand for me? And what they mean is, can you design a visual identity for me? Um, or just a logo? Um, do we need to be either doing the whole thing, so becoming UI designers or UX designers, um, or do we need to be working really, really closely with those people to make well, that I happen? It, I think you know, it depends. You know, obviously, I don't think you need to do the whole thing because I feel like you know, like if you're working, it depends how big the project is, doesn't it? I mean, if yeah. You're working for yeah. A giant and also, company, people might not want you to do the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you might be working for you know, for example, you know, big agencies who take on large branding projects you know, might have 30 people working on it and they're all yeah. doing their thing and, you know, you or I would be one of those people working on the web or working on illustration or working on photography, you know, but they're all, but obviously... But we need will, to be working closely with those people. Yeah, exactly. Think, Someone so. will be running that project, you know, who will be doing the top-level thinking on it and, you know, and, and bring people in as and when to play their role within the rebranding project. I think in terms of the projects I work on, which are sort of tend to be medium sized projects, you know, I then you know, I sort of work in conjunction with the founders or whoever's head of design in those companies to and, and then pull in the relevant people as and when throughout that project to work on. Mm. But I guess in my I guess, you know, the stage I'm at, and this is where I wanna sort of stay really, is you know, I do like to have sort of like you know, creative control of the brand in general, if you know what I mean. It's sort of like what yeah. I like to do. So, I mean, I don't, I know, because I've been at lots of points where I could start expanding my own team, but mm. in a way, what I don't feel I am is like, I don't really, I'm not a business person in terms of running yeah. a big company. It's not something so you don't want to move into becoming an agency. No. You want no. to stay. I mean, I might employ, I am thinking of employing someone right now, but not because I'm yeah. going to an agency, but just someone that needs some help. Yeah. But, the, I, yeah, I haven't got a, I haven't got a desire to, you know, change into an agency, and I just like, you know, I've, I have, at the moment at least, I have the luxury of, you know, picking the projects I want to work yeah. on, and, you know, I can, I've got one or two projects on, and then, you know, this month, and one or two projects on in the next couple of months, and, you know, I, I can really get my head into those. I take them deadly. I don't take you know, myself seriously, but I take my projects yeah. and their design work Your deadly work, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I really want to create, I want, always always want to, yeah, I want to make my client, the clients I work for, I want to exceed their expectations, you know, so yeah. I want them to feel super happy with what I do for them. And in my mind, I sort of just feel like, I, you know, that for me, I feel like I just sort of, in order for that to happen I sort of have to still be a very hands-on designer so you know that's why I keep keep things as they are yeah um just before we wrap up because I think we've had a very interesting chat that's covered lots of aspects um one area that I kind of sometimes struggle with but I I'm interested to hear how you deal with this is uh, is presenting my ideas and designs to a client um you know I get to know them really really well and, and work closely with them and I you know we create the kind of 
designs and then there's that terrifying moment when you take those to the the client and Mm. normally it's fine but do you do you have a reveal moment or do you uh kind of drip feed things Mm. through because I've I've often had clients who say just send me a rough draft at the beginning and I'm like oh god I'm not doing that I'm not doing that don't know how do you deal with that um yeah I mean it's a conundrum I've dealt with in different ways in the past because sometimes yeah. you don't have a choice you know <laughs> sometimes your client wants you to do it a certain way but in general yeah, yeah I, in general i sort of it's sort of like i don't, it's, I don't have a review moment as in it's all finished but i would have a you know obviously because then you have to do it all again if you don't like it but yeah. i do have i do have an, an initial review moment yeah you know, like yeah. for example i don't because you know basically i find you know you t- i talk with the client a lot initially you know we talk about yeah. we look at different examples we you know, look at photography, illustration, or, you know, and we talk about what we're going to do. And, you know, the client is very much in the know about what I'm going to go away and create. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like going to be some ridiculous surprise. So <laughs> as long as you do that groundwork, hopefully, you know, they Yeah, normally... you've got a rapport then, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, well. and they normally feel like, okay, cool, I'll look forward to seeing what Mike's going to come back within a week or two. Yeah. And so I go away, and I do then create something that I'm like, I, I'm not looking for feedback on myself. I'm like, this is dumb. This, this, this yeah. initial state, just say it's a website homepage, for example. Yeah. And I'll do that until I feel like it's completely done. Every inch of it is complete, you know. And, yeah. And, and, so, I, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, because I think you can't tell a client and go, oh, just imagine this here. Just imagine exactly. That I'm exactly the same. You, you've, got, you've got to be like, here it is. It's completely done F- when I feed, hand it yeah, over. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Feedback, and then I'll listen to your feedback. Because, yeah, and then, it, yeah, yeah, you can then make the changes, can't you? Exactly, you can't yeah, do a kind of poorly put-together yeah. idea and yeah. present that because, no. That's and not, also, yeah. I don't think clients, when they say, um, don't worry, I can see, I don't believe that either. You can't, like, you can't give something half-finished and hope they fill in the gaps because they will they might fill in the gaps with bad stuff, you know, and, and go, oh, yeah, it's not exactly. working, you need to get anything. And the horrible thing is, is the, the worst possible situation, I think, to get yourself into as a designer is you end up your clients can easily end up sort of you know not not for any fault of their own but they can end up tying your hands because you start to not know what to do anymore you're like well because as soon as you, you what you need to do you know it's very important as a designer you've been hired to do a job and you need to stay in control as soon as you yeah. feel like you're out of control yeah then, then you're like literally your hand tied you, they've come like, to you for your expertise that's yeah, what I always think. exactly like, you need to yeah. remain you need to remain in control and feel control at all times if you lose control then someone is dry controlling you which means yeah. you, you're literally all your skills that you've got are literally out the window because you're like you're almost at that point like what color do I make this what color do I make that a lot of people I know a lot of brand designers or logo designers I know they they tend to send over three different designs or something. And I'm like, I always say to my clients, like, I will work really hard on one design that I think is right for you. Everything, all the research that I've done will go into creating, you know, this initial brand idea and this. But I am i can't then go away and create two other options because I'll just be wasting my time using up, you know, ideas that weren't good enough for the first one in the first place yeah. so how what are your thoughts around that well the thing is yeah i mean i don't um the thing is if you've done the, if you're doing the preparatory work with the client it will lead you down a path yeah exactly I mean, yeah it's not, it doesn't lead you down multiple paths 
no. than a singular one. You know I mean, because you're like, okay, we decided this about the brand, we decided that about your brand, we decided yeah. this about the messaging, we decided that about the story, we decided this about the style. You know what I mean, so you're already in quite a yeah. specific place. Yeah, and I I feel that suddenly it kind of all of these pieces in my mind sort of start coming together before I put anything down on the screen or on paper or whatever. They're mm. they're coming together as a specific direction in my mind, and yeah. and it, and it's not until that's really come together that I then put it down on paper or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's quite formed by the time I put it down mm. as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think. I don't. I never. I never um, supply. Um, the only time I supply an alternative version is based upon feedback from the first version. You know. Yeah. So, and then I'll get yeah. back. If, if, there's, if there are certain things niggling the client on a design, you know, obviously we'll discuss that. You know, um, come to an agreement about the best way forward, and you know, I may go back and, and modify certain sections or something, and it will be an incremental thing. It wouldn't be just like I'll go back and try a completely different thing because yeah. you know you could do that forever because yeah you know if you and, and it, it shouldn't be a different thing anyway because all the stuff that you've just done in your discovery process about the brand yeah you know it, it should still with you know because you've already discussed all that and you you know you you've already set up your parameters really you, it shouldn't be it shouldn't yeah. really be huge leaps to any side yeah and if the first if the first one if the client comes back after seeing your initial ideas and says that's completely wrong then there's been a misstep somewhere along the way hasn't there there's been a you know communication breakdown I always think something should has got a miss yeah if it's completely off yeah yeah well I don't want to take up any more of your time but I've really enjoyed our chat and I could chat to you for so long about branding it's a very larger multifaceted mm. thing to discuss i think isn't it but thank you yeah. so so much for no, cool. for chatting with me today um i was gonna mm. like do a bit of whimsy at the end mm-hmm. um just you know for fun so i didn't know kind of if you had any good recommendations for online things for people this week you know maybe like a podcast or program article and then also if you have any good offline recommendations maybe to do with where you live they can be like industry non-industry whatever um in terms of design things i do for my own design nothing not really anything not a specific specific recommendation of a location but on instagram for example you know how it has the um i, I sort of i've ended up using instagram a lot now for a little bit like pinterest you know so yeah i have lots of different folders on instagram yeah um, from graphic design to web design to art really and I, I say, did not know you could use it like that yeah so That's you know the little tag um it's really yeah. cool. it's the little the little little the little tag the little bookmark looking thing yeah oh yeah essentially yeah, yeah. you yeah. press that and it saves it if you keep your th- finger on it you put it into a folder and so i've got quite a oh, large wow. one. i've got a huge amount of stuff saved on there now from graphic design to art to photography to locations to, you know to ever I've got, you know, oh, it's, it's become yeah. it's like it's like pinterest essentially any offline recommendations any like art exhibitions or anything you've been to that you like um, no i'm not really great and i mean i'm not in a way even though i'm a designer i'm not like always going to design <laughs> exhibitions or anything no. like that I, mean, I, I just like you know like, you have time <laughs> yeah no yeah I, I like the idea of it i just 
don't end up doing it. But the, I've got yeah. family and kids, and you know, life's pretty yeah, busy. yeah. But I guess the things that I like doing, I like you know, I read a lot of articles online. I like, I mean, it doesn't necessarily. And for me, in a way, because I spend all day every day designing and taking photographs, yeah. when I'm not doing that. I sort of tend to. I do do a little bit of browsing, like Instagram design wise. Yeah. But, um, you know, outside of um, my work, I yeah, play guitar and write songs. Yeah, get stuff. get away from. I, you know, I read a lot about politics. And just, yeah. just do other things, you know. But yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah, I like just going outside. That's exactly. what I like yeah. to do when I'm not at my desk. I just go no, exactly. outside. And yeah, exactly. Spend as much time like in the countryside or yeah, uh, yeah, by the beach or whatever. Just yeah, being away from yeah. I think it's in a way as a designer, you're sort of a lot of pressure to sort of be very designing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, like, it's yeah, very. Definitely. I, I do love design, but you know, the funny thing is, is that I'm not. You know, I don't, I'm not one of those people that has a desk. Of designing items and a no, big hell back to go picture next to my desk. I'm just just got a load of I've just got stuff everywhere. I'm just I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm not my studio isn't. Um, yeah, it's nice enough, but it's not like it doesn't look like. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. It's pretty bog standard, you know. Really. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Mine's very un- uninspiring, really. It's just tidy. I just well, I mean, I think to be quite tidy. That's yeah. my main thing. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's funny. I, I just, I just guess what I'm trying to say is that you know, you feel, I don't know, you sort of feel under pressure as a designer to be designing in every other aspect. To of feed your life. through to your entire life. Yeah, exactly. Which in the truth yeah. of mine is like, you know, I like in a way it doesn't work because I enjoy art and I like music and I like fashion but yeah I'm not always reading design books and stuff like that you know what I mean no I, 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 will, no. I, I will flick through the design book but I'm not going to be sitting there reading intensely about design all the time you know? yeah it's, yeah definitely but, no I, I find I find it quite stressful to have that much you know to be constantly yeah. I need to step away from it exactly, for yeah. periods of time. I mean, I am one book I would say that I'm reading at the moment, not all the time, this is not my bedtime reading, but I do dip into, is Seth Godin's book, um, This Is Marketing. Oh, yeah. And that I found really helpful with yeah. the kind of design process of talking to clients about, you know, finding their kind mm. of minimal viable market is, I think, yeah. how he puts it. So yeah. a lot of the things that I've learned in there, yeah. I think he's nice to read. I enjoy oh, yeah. reading his stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, yeah, I think that's cool. I, I something, something I do do sometimes is just like pop onto YouTube and watch, you know, TED talks about branding and stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes you have that. Yeah. I mean, they're little snippets of information that are quite useful here and there. But um, I think they're good things to have as part of your design day as well. I don't think yeah. like you have to be working eight hours a day. Mm. I think learning new things and finding inspiration should all be part of your. Yeah, day, I think and not well, something you feel that you have to do separately. If you work for yourself as well, obviously you, that's one of the luxuries you have. If you know, if you've got time, you know you can do that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I think I think I think that's another thing. I think you know one of the things you know I've seen people talk about this online, it, it, which we haven't touched upon, is just the life of a um, you're running your own business, mm. and you do have sometimes you're busy, sometimes you're not, and you're doing personal projects. And I find points really frustrating. I've seen this. I mean, I saw a poster that Mr. Bingo did, which sort of summed it up. And I can't remember what mm. he wrote, but it was a, the, 
the gist of it is, is that when you're super busy with client work, you've got all these ideas flying about your head about what you want to do mm. on a personal level of design. Yeah. You can't do them because you're super busy. But then yeah. when all the work goes away or you suddenly find yourself in a quiet spot, you just can't apply yourself to all your ideas, you know, because... Yeah, you... and I think, yeah, you're worried. I think, I mean, personally, it might not be the same for everyone, but when work does suddenly become quiet mm. for some reason, I haven't maybe planned ahead well. I get wrapped up in my worry of what I'm going to do next and become not very creative um I yeah. tend to be more creative when I'm yeah like you say really I just feel like it's I think you're right but I think in my mind actually it's like you know I've normally you know what frustrates me is I actually do have I've got the time and you know the yeah I've got the you know I'm lucky enough to have the cash flow to be able to take some time out of a watch yeah yeah, but, yeah. but the problem is is that when I get to those points it's like having yeah. a massive blank piece of paper in front of me I just feel powerless almost you know because yeah and I, I is it worth I mean do you make notes of those things when you're very busy of ideas I, I tend to make notes constantly and I actually have to you know turn my brain off at times because yeah. I find that um I they come to me in the most bizarre times and I have to write them down really quickly but I get slightly obsessive I've got a million notes on my phone with ideas for stuff do you remember to write those down and yeah I mean them later I normally yeah I always um I always like little notes back down. I've got like a text document on the computer that just says ideas like 2019. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's filled yeah. up. <laughs> you know, yeah. go along. I've got loads. I've got, yeah, I just, I just write them down on my phone or, yeah, on the computer and, you know, come back to them as and when. I'm listening to a really interesting audiobook at the moment called, I think it's called Rest, maybe, or mm-hmm. something like that. I can't, my phone's turned off, so I can't look at it. But um, basically, I think, it will it gives you the reason why when you're super busy your brain comes up with all these great ideas because basically you're focusing a part of your brain on your process you know your working process and it kind of gives the other part of your brain time to kind of go off and wonder and you know you're in that pinpoint of focus but but the rest of your brain can kind of you know then create it's often like when you're as you say like at your busiest you'll have your best ideas but I always become very dry when I'm like sat down and I'm like must have an idea and then my brain completely because you're yeah. almost putting too much pressure on it so there's kind of like reasons behind why those things happen I have like all my ideas in the shower you know what I mean yeah, like same here you know, I, mean? like, yeah, you know like, I just I don't know what it is about that space <laughs> or some, sometimes when I'm cycling maybe as well like yeah I'll just like I think it's like you it's like when you're in a sort of like a semi autopilot place exactly which I think is what you get when you're w- really focused and working you're almost like in that yeah. sweet spot you're you're yeah. on autopilot and yeah. I think that's why yeah but definitely totally the same with the shower that's cr- I mean it's yeah. almost like bizarre how yeah, it, it is weird to me. you go in there you don't yeah. even and before you know it, you're just thinking about, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll do and you're like, this. I've been in here half an hour. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> a prune. It, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's Dog a, walks, same, walking, yeah. same for me as well. I kind of think, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be in nature. And my brain suddenly is like, I've got all yeah. these ideas. And I was thinking about stuff this morning, like on my dog walk this morning. And I just realized that I wasn't even aware of the fact that I was out in nature or doing anything because I was so mm. focused on yeah. kind of thoughts and plans and stuff for the future, which is, you know, a great place to be I think I love it when you do you do capture those moments and like I get the same experience when I'm cycling and sometimes you can have it and it, you just bring us into overdrive doesn't it that if I did yeah and it's just um you just sort of like having a I don't know it's like this wave of inspiration you know yeah I feel yeah. that I go through stages of that 
like that can last sometimes I can be so so productive so incredibly like inspired constantly for maybe like a week or so and then I'll really kind of hit a wall and I'll I'll almost become exhausted um I go in real waves with that as well and it can last for quite a significant period of time and then suddenly I'll just be like oh I need to well the funny thing is is that um you know I had a conversation sort of a philosophical conversation with a colleague who works in the office with me um about highs and lows of life in general and this could apply mm. for yeah and i was saying to him that i've got this theory you know that there is no such thing as well no basically you can't be high without a come down you know that is impossible because you could you can't reminisce about something that was so brilliant in the past yeah if you haven't come down from it otherwise you wouldn't be reminiscing it as a, an amazing thing that happened because you'd still feel exactly and so i think it's the same with you know inspiration it's like if you're going to feel massively inspired to uh, to understand, you know, to be able to describe yourself as feeling massively inspired last week, you have to yeah. be not as inspired this week. You know? Yeah, you have to. And you can so function to, at that level all the time. Exactly. Could yeah. You? It would so be you have, exhausting. Exactly. So there's, you have these ups and downs and peaks and troughs mm. in design and inspiration and in, in everything. It's just the nature yeah. of life and actually if you can embrace that it's sort of quite healthy I think. and realize that when you have the downs that mm. it will pass exactly, because that was something yeah. that i struggled to identify with for a long time you're like oh mm. god i've lost all creativity i'm absolutely useless yeah. you know this is the end i'm just going to get a job like somewhere else yeah. um but then now i realize that it's just part of who i am and mm. i think a lot of creative creative people have it i think everybody has I it to a degree it, yeah yeah mm. i think so well it's been absolutely fantastic to talk yeah, you to too. you thank Enjoyed you it. mike and that's the end of the first show i really hope you enjoyed it a huge thank you to mike i was very nervous at the beginning of the interview and he he was such a kind and generous guest um and i i thoroughly enjoyed our chat you can catch us on twitter at Elastic Brand Pod. You can catch me on Twitter at Liz underscore E, worst Twitter handle ever. Mike is at Mike Coos. The podcast is now on iTunes. Just search at the Elastic Brand and it should come up. And you can rate and review us there. And don't forget to subscribe. Um, we have a new guest next week. Uh, we'll be chatting about everything to do with brand and digital brand design again. I really hope you can join us. Bye.